Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. What can you learn from establishing a new contracting squadron? For the first time in Department of Defense history, there was a transfer of a military base from one service to another. It was Joint Base Anacosta Bowling transferred from the Navy to the Air Force in October 2020. Major Ruben Orodondo was tagged to assist in the effort. Then he was selected as commander of the 11 cons unit that he would need to build and lead for the first time. In this episode, Major Arredondo shares what his biggest challenges were and what he learned from the experience that he will take with him to future assignments. Welcome, Major Arredondo, to the podcast. Hello, Amber. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's awesome to have this opportunity to, to share with the contracting community some of the, the details to our journey here at 11 Cons and what we've been up to for over the past few years. So thanks for, thanks for hosting this session. Yeah, of course. So can you give us an overview of the mission of Joint Base Anacosta Bowling? Absolutely. So if, if your listeners are, are anything like I was when I first heard of uh, uh, JBAB is what we refer to it uh, as. So I'll, 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 be, I'll be referencing JBAB. It's, it's Joint Base Anacostia Bowling. Uh, but in any case, I, I had very limited knowledge uh, uh, when I first heard of this installation and, and the mission here. So uh, just a little bit of the background for, for folks that are, you know, kind of gee whiz information. This, this installation is about uh, 960 acres uh, on the south side of D.C., uh, just north of National Harbor. Uh, along the Potomac uh, River. If, if you're ever at uh, Reagan Airport at, at DCA and, and you look across the water there, you, you'll be looking at the installation. And uh, this, this, uh, this base was originally built on, on land that was purchased in 1917 uh, by then U.S. Army Captain Billy Mitchell. So uh, over, over his, throughout history, it's, uh, it's, it's transitioned. It was a, originally a, a training location for the Army Air Corps and, and Navy pilots, uh, but there's, there's currently no, no active runway. Uh, we do have a, a flying mission, a rotary mission, and that's, that's Marine One, the, the president's helicopter. Um, but in, in 2005, the, the BRAC, uh, the, the Base Realignment and, and Enclosure Commission, uh, they, they decided to, to combine Bowling Air Force Base and and Naval Support Facility in Acostia uh, to, to establish a joint base. And, and that effort uh, uh, began in, in October of 2010. So uh, it, it, it's, it, it operated in that manner for, for 10 years, essentially, uh, up until October of 2020. And, uh, and that's when, when the, uh, the base went through a, a lead service uh, transition, transferring the, the, um, the lead service from, from Navy-led and, and Air Force as a supporting component. And, and with that, it, it brought back the 11th wing, the chief's own, uh, to, to JBAB. And um, during that time, that, that 10 years, the 11th wing had, had moved over to, to Andrews. Uh, so they, they essentially became the 316th wing um, once, once JBAB stood up again. Uh, 
uh, JBEB and, and uh, JBA uh, Andrews, we both fall under uh, Air Force District of Washington, uh, which is a direct reporting unit to the Chief of Staff of the Air Force. And in uh, the 11th Wing, we're, we're home to the U.S. Air Force Band, the U.S. Air Force Honor Guard, uh, the headquarters uh, U.S. Air Force Chaplaincy, and, and we've got about, I'd say, 73, uh, we're up to 73 joint and, and interagency mission partners. Um, so, so the installation itself is, is not a huge footprint, uh, but, but very important tenets for sure. Can you explain the Department of Defense's decision to transfer the lead service from the Navy to the Air Force? So, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and, and I guess the best way I can explain it. So the Department of Defense ID'd a, a problem statement. And, and it came down to resourcing. So, so the joint base uh, resourcing construct uh, significantly constrained the AFDW's commander, uh, his ability to, pr to prioritize the installation and mission support resources here at JBAB. And uh, I, I think they determined that the Air Force had the, the greatest mission equity of, of all the tenants. So um, I, would, I, I think uh, the memo came out September 6th of 2019 uh, the Vice Chief of Staff of the Air Force at the time, General General Stephen Wilson, and uh, and the Vice Chief of Naval Operations, Admiral Robert Burke, uh, they they directed the the senior base working group uh, to prepare and approve a a new MOA, a memorandum of agreement for the services, uh, and and this MOA would be submitted to the to the Vice Chiefs for for execution, and and then to be tracked by the senior installation uh, management group, the, the SIMG. So that MOA, um, it consisted of about $122 million in total obligation authority, uh, the transfer of 503 full-time equivalent positions uh, with an additional projected 469 FTEs uh, that would be hired on. And, and, and the Air Force um, would, would, would essentially have an operating, uh, annual operating budget of $65 million. So the MOA itself, there were, there were four main elements to that MOA, and I'll, I'll briefly go over these four. Um, the land exchange was a big one. It looked, so uh, essentially the Navy and, and the US Park Service uh, had been in discussions and negotiating um, the land swap of the north, northern side of, of the base. And, um, and, and that, that, that agreement would go through. Uh, it's, it's still in process, it, it, it hasn't completed yet, but Essentially, the, a portion of this base, uh, the very top of the base, uh, will we'll transition over to the U.S. Park Service. And um, currently, our, our one of our CDCs are located in that area, CDC number three. So uh, the agreement is, you know, that that uh, facility, that that building will be demolished, and and uh, the, the the Park Service will gain that, and and in exchange, they will they will build us a, a CDC somewhere else on on the existing footprint. So we'll get a new CDC out of it. The levy repair is is the other, uh, is, a, is a second piece to that MOA. Um, and this, I, I think the early estimations are, are $63 million to, to repair that. Um, personally, I think that's, it's, that's, that's on the low end. I think it's gonna come in a lot higher actually, but the Navy's on the hook to fund the design of the repair. And then uh, the actual repair will, 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 will be an expense that the Air Force has to, has to um, pony up, so. The third piece of that MOA is the adjudication of the maintenance responsibilities to, to some of the, the, the tenants that we have here at the installation, uh, specifically Marine, the Marine Helicopter Squadron. Um, it's, it's a Navy, uh, actually it's a Marine organization, so uh, they will be supported, but, but we've got other, 
other important tenants, uh, White House Communications Agency, the, the Joint Air Defense Operations Center, the JDOC, uh, Defense Intelligence Agency, DIA, uh, Coast Guard, uh, ceremonial, uh, Air Force Ceremonial Guard, uh, Navy Ceremonial Guard, uh, NCIS, um, the Rapid Capabilities Office, uh, Secret Service. And uh, as I mentioned before, there's in total, I, I think we're up to 73 uh, mission partners. So um, with that, with that is going to be all the support agreements that, that come along with uh, the current feeding. So uh, the wing will, will, will take care of installation needs. Uh, mission will, will belong to the, the tenants, but there's always those gray areas and, and we'll have to come out with the LRS squadron is, is, is working, working that effort. And, and um, I'm not sure exactly where they are with, with those agreements, but nonetheless, they will get done. And then uh, last but not least, uh, the facilities capitalization on the Anacostia side. So this, this base, uh, the entire installation, uh, the facilities have, have uh, uh, endured some, some wear and tear. Uh, so just, just the, um, the effort to bring them up to acceptable standards, uh, I think that's, that's a focal point. So uh, these, are, these are key elements to this MOA. So at what point in the process did you get involved in the planning of setting up a new contracting squadron at Joint Base Anacostia Bowling? So yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think um, looking at looking at my my tenure here, uh, it's it's a little different than the other commanders. Uh, I, I actually arrived as a manual assist in 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 uh, in 2019 as uh, as just a TDY, really a six month TDY uh, over to to Joint Base Andrews to kind of help out with a few other manual assists. And uh, you know, our responsibility at the time, it's you know, hey, uh, there's this is a, a you know, first time in DOD history that they're transitioning um, lead service authority from one one service to another, and you know we have to we have to you know kind of coordinate and plan and and um, really just just get involved in this Tiger team. Um, you know, there was there was a couple of folks at AFDW that were working the effort before I got there as kind of an additional duty, um, as Mr. Craig Davis and and uh, Captain Alex Dials uh, of PK actually. Uh, uh, come to, to the 11th, uh, cons, but at the time he was at, at PK. So, uh, I settled in and I, I started planning out, um, I'd sync up with the other, uh, planners and, and we would report to the lead planner to provide our inputs. I would provide the acquisition contracting inputs and any suggestions or concerns. And, um, you know, he'd take all these inputs and, and we would report up to the AFDW commander and, and, and we would also meet with our Navy counterparts to kind of, you know, just talk, uh, talk through and, and uh, really plan out uh, what this was supposed to look like. So again, at the time, you know, for those, those first few months, uh, my understanding was I'm, I'm here as, you know, kind of planning it out and, and, and really just trying to set up this team for success. Around mid-February, uh, my, my director at my home station uh, asked me to, to reach out to FaceTime with them actually. And, you know, he, we had, we had, you know, we'd, touch base occasionally, uh, phone calls just to make sure that my needs were being met. And, and I was, I was, uh, you know, doing the things that I would, I needed to be doing. Um, so he asked me to FaceTime and I thought that was odd. Um, um, you know, I, again, I very rarely did I FaceTime with him. So I'm, I'm actually, this was, this was after work. I'm, I'm heading out of JBA and headed over to JBAB actually. I think I had a site visit for something. And, um, you know, I was like, sure, I can, I can FaceTime. I, I think I actually pulled over at the McDonald's yeah, during that call, he he uh, he informed me that that the opportunity had presented itself, and and I was uh, 
I was selected to be that initial commander of the, of the 11 cons. So, um, that was, that was, uh, you know, exciting for me, thrilling for me, as you can imagine. Uh, I think, uh, you know, for those that, that have gotten the, the, uh, the nod to command, I mean, that is, that's what we, that's what we kind of, you know, uh, target during our careers as, as officers. So, um, you know, I had, I had hoped for a command. I, I never expected to be matched to JBAB. So, um, very exciting. I, I, I think the, um, the excitement, I'm not going to say it wore off. I, I, I get, I guess I, the best way to put it is I put the excitement aside for a minute and, and I'm, I'm going into a unit that doesn't necessarily exist yet. Um, and, and I, I, I think I initially, you know, just, just started to get the, the overwhelming and, uh, you know, oh my gosh, this is, this is, uh, I, I hope I was planning well because I'm the recipient of the plans now. So, right. you know, I, I immediately reached out to pretty much everyone. I the graduated commanders that I knew, uh, personal friends. And, uh, you know, I have to say there, there's a few folks that, that really, uh, just, just, you know, gave me some good advice and, and, and the confidence I needed. Um, you know, I, if I can, I want to, you know, give a shout out to, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Brian Williams, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Barrios, uh, Major Frank Chavon, Lieutenant Colonel Brandon Sandoval, um, Lieutenant Colonel Will Chang, uh, Keith Philip Handed, and uh, and Terrence Bonacita. Those guys, you know, they really, you know, they they gave me that, you know, hey, you're going to do great, you're going to do fine, and they gave me some to share the knowledge and experience that that they had. Um, I will be honest, I I reached out to to folks that I, I hadn't necessarily uh, talked to in a while on Facebook and started, you know, friending folks that I knew had commanded. And, right. and I'm sure they were on the other side, like, what is this guy? I never talked to this guy. Why is he friending me? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, they, um, you know, friend requested, I sent out, Hey, I'm, I'm taking command. Any advice would be, would be greatly appreciated. So, um, and it was good. I think um, just, just, you know, getting some of that feedback and um, you know, it goes a long way from folks that, that have been there and, and they, you know, they just kind of give you that, that wisdom that they have. Yeah. So and, and can, can we also highlight the fact that you realize like, Hey, I might need some help here. And you were willing to like put yourself out there and reach out to put get yeah. kind of like a support system in place. And I think that's something that's super important to highlight because as, as people are moving up in, in leadership roles or leaders of their teams, sometimes we feel like we have to take it all on our own shoulders, but it's, but really, if you want to be successful, being able to reach out and be vulnerable is super important. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, kudos to the folks that that were willing to share and and just kind of uh, give me that that uh, certain level of comfort that hey, it's everything's going to be fine. You're going to do great. So so that was yeah. one piece. Some of the enlisted, actually, all of the enlisted folks that were slated to go over to uh, the eleven cons. Um, I had seen their names on the roster and, and part of my planning was to make sure that I was, you know, coordinating for, for, for their arrival. So uh, when I, when I realized, you know, I would be the commander, you know, I immediately drafted an email to send out to, to the folks that would be coming on uh, to the squadron and, you know, just kind of let them know who I was. Uh, mm-hmm. But in addition to that, just, just set their expectations and saying, Hey, you know, um, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of a, uh, a learning process for all of us. Um, you know, don't, don't, don't expect everything to be established when we get there, because that's not going to be the case. And, um, and then really just, just said, Hey, if there's any best practices that, that you have at your current, uh, squadron, you know, by all means, I, I think we're going to need all the, all the help we can get. So 
bring some of those uh, best, best practices over to us and, and we can incorporate them into our processes. So, um, so yeah, it was, um, I guess I was a little rattled at first, but I think once, once I started to just jump into, okay, now it's, it's real. Let's, let's start to put these plans into action. Then, then I think it, uh, you know, I started to settle in and, and, and get excited about it. Sure. Major Ardano, can you highlight some of the bigger challenges you faced in setting up the new unit? Sure. Sure. Yeah, no, that's, um, you know, that's, that's a great question. And I think, you know, the way I've, I've kind of reflected on this is, is, you know, this, this, uh, this mission, this, this task of, of standing up um, my operation, it, it really, when you look at it, it's, it's, it's three main efforts, right? It's, it's standing up the squadron itself. Sure. Um, but it's also the day-to-day support to the mission partners, uh, you know, my fellow commanders and the tenants and, and then also uh, the strategic vision, what, you know, what this wing is supposed to look like down the road. So um, leadership understood this wasn't going to happen overnight. You know, it wasn't a, you know, hey, Air Force shows up and, um, you know, we, we flip the switch and from one day to the next, we're, we're up and running. Th- that's just not realistic. So um, they, they kind of gave us the, the initial operating capability status, the IOC status, uh, beginning on October 1, 2020. And, and the expectation was within, well, at, at the two-year mark, um, October 1, 2022, uh, we would be fully operation capable. And, and, and what that means is, so during ILC, we, we really had the latitude to operate in, in kind of a gray area where we can still utilize uh, Navy processes, um, but but the, the intent is to establish our own Air Force processes as we're, as we're transitioning. Um, but, but we didn't have to deal with uh, deployments or, or uh, you know, uh, inspections and, and um, exercises and stuff like that. Um, we were kind of, you know, given a grace period. So, so yeah, as we begin to build out, um, you know, the, the understanding is, is not everything is, is, is fully up and running. Um, you know, keep in mind the other, uh, my fellow squadrons here, um, you know, they weren't fully up and running and, and they were still trying to go through the same uh, standup that I was. Um, they, they still had the option to utilize Navy processes. And, and in some ways it made sense. I think for us, um, the, you know, the challenge was anytime they opted for that, uh, say uh, an existing Navy contract uh, vehicle, uh, to leverage that, that was kind of counter to what, to, to the cons, to the 11 cons progress. So it was, it was, it was a constant back and forth. Um, you know, we, we, we would, we would kind of talk it out and figure out what, what made sense. Um, but yeah, so for FOC, um, the expectation is that we will look like and operate like, like any other air force joint base installation, um, self-sustaining with, with common air force processes that, that we're all following and, and adhering to. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, the stand-up, you know, I, I think I was very fortunate. Again, I, I was on the front end of this. So, you know, I got to see the planning side of it. I, I got to see the, the, the intent of AFDW leadership and what, what, their, what their desires were for us and the timelines established. Um, but, but as the wing stood up, um, you know, that Tiger team, they all, you know, kind of, I, I guess, redeployed back to their home stations and, um, you know, they disbanded. So, so it was a new team of, of commanders and, and uh, uh, the folks that were, that were new to the wing. Um, so it was kind of a different perspective. I, I kind of had that history, but not a whole lot of other folks did. So, 
Um, some of my other uh, uh, fellow commanders were, were coming from school or their previous assignments. So uh, they kind of they kind of hit the ground, kind of look, assess the situation, and we all kind of teamed it out. Um, I think the biggest thing was was really for me. I I, I would say uh, expectation management. Um, you know, for my folks, and and I, I guess for everyone here at the wing, you know, when 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 dealing with standing up a operation, um, you know, we we I, you know, it's I will say it's historic, first time in DoD history. Sure, it, it, it we get that title. But but understand, you know, this these things happen downrange um, on a regular, and I would say even even stateside and other places where where units get stood up and established, um, probably not to this magnitude, but but you know it's it's a similar process that that I know has happened, um, you know, throughout throughout DoD's history, of course. So, um, but I guess downrange, the biggest difference is is most folks, you know, if they're going into that situation, they understand that um, you know the be a minimalistic environment. So you kind of go into that with that understanding. Um, here in DC, uh, contingency operations to establish and, and then to, to have the expectation that everything will, will, will at some point be up and running as it should. I, I, I think it was a challenge for sure. Um, you know, I think that a, a difference with, with DC as opposed to downrange, you know, I've seen it to where, um, you know, uh, there's this kind of the rip toa mindset where, where, uh, you know, you might have a division, uh, you know, like say, you know, first infantry army divisions in place. There's, there's a relief in place and a transfer of authority, the rip toa. You might have like say a, a tent mountain division that comes in and essentially it's a right seat, left seat. Um, they kind of go over processes and then, you know, the first unit will bug out of there. And then, and then the, the folks that came in will, will take over. And, and you may have a few folks that stick around and kind of the enduring footprint to help facilitate that transition and, and to keep things going. Um, it, it wasn't necessarily the case for us. I think the Navy's processes are, 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 are different enough to where it, it wasn't, um, you know, the Air Force shows up and just takes over. Um, again, we didn't, we didn't have a cons. We didn't have, I think, uh, the LRS uh, was a, a public works function that, transitioned over to civil engineers, um, for support. I, I think they had their, um, you know, a unit that was handling, uh, the, the CDCs, the club, the bowling alley, all that stuff. So, you know, there was the continuity here in place. And, um, so for them, it, it, it looked a little bit different, but for us, we were, we were no kidding standing up from, from, from essentially nothing. And, um, you know, JBA, the folks over to Andrews, um, you know, they helped out. They had, um, you know, their own mission and, and some bandwidth limitations. So, you know, the help was there, but it was it was kind of limited. We try to, you know, again, the objective is for us to be able to stand up on our own. So, <clears throat> you know, I think um, in setting up the cons, um, you know, I, I think it was huge being part of the front end. Uh, and then obviously seeing the struggles with with the, the commanders, um, you know, we didn't necessarily have those, those issues. We, we got off to a quick start, you know, the, the contracting community, um, the leadership really helped me out by, you know, um, sending folks that, that didn't have the, the, the train burden. I didn't get anyone, you know, out of, out of tech school or, or just a brand new contracting uh, person. These were all folks that, that were, you know, experienced, ready to go. So, you know, we took off and, and as you can imagine, I mean, it was, you know, I think we had 12 or 14 
to start off with, individuals to start off with. And, you know, everybody had a slew of additional duties. And, you know, we all knew it's like, hey, we kind of have to start up a program just to have it in place. And at some point we will, we will divest of these additional duties as we bring more folks into the squadron. Say, you know, one thing I noticed from some of the other commanders, um, again, some came from school and, you know, I think they would, they would kind of look at the issues and, and maybe have a textbook solution. And, and unfortunately here in, in, in the real world and, you know, just applying a, a practical solution, um, you know, sometimes it didn't, it didn't quite work out. So, um, I know there was a, uh, I guess a point that I noticed where um, I think some of the other commanders, it, it became clear that this mission was was going to be a little complex, and and I think it was one of our um, planning sessions, and 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 one of the folks mentioned, uh, you know, hey, why don't we just contract it out? Let's just hire a bunch of contractors, and you know, we'll 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 cover, we'll we'll get the ball rolling, and and you know, it's, this should be a good thing, and you know, I I saw some of the other folks kind of, you know nod their heads like, yeah, that might be a way to go. And, and I wasn't so on board with that. Um, one, I, I, I think they were having, you know, issues just managing the, the service contracts that they had, you know, just the cores in place and everything else. And I thought, you know what, you know, this is, this is going to be, I think, counter to what we're trying to do. And, and personally, I just felt like, you know, the, the Air Force didn't bring us here as commanders to to contract the work out for, for someone else to do it. They, they brought us here to get it done. And, and yeah, there was, you know, contract support. Sure. But, but I didn't think that was the answer, the, the, the overarching answer. I thought, no, this is, it's going to be hard, but it's, it's, that's just the way it is. And that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was, you know, kind of a, you know, just, just trying to, you know, paint that picture and and get that message out. Um, As you can imagine, it wasn't, it wasn't so well received, but, but I think they understood. And, and I think as time progressed, we all, we all kind of accepted like, yeah, that's, that's just why we're here. So, um, you know, obviously I, I guess I can just throw it out there. COVID it's, it impacted everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the telework and, and just, uh, the struggles with, um, you know, we're all new, we're all trying to form an identity. And if you're never seeing, uh, your coworkers, um, you know, it's, it's, we dealt with the isolation and the anxiety and all that other stuff. And, um, it, it was a challenge. It, it really was. Um, I, I tried to try to be in the office as much as I could, not so much for the reason I did that was for myself. If I'm being honest, you know, I needed that, that sense of normalcy. I needed to be sitting in an office doing, uh, you know, work in a, in a work in, in what a traditional office, I just needed that. And, and I think if, if, uh, you know, if things started to fall apart, uh, or if I dropped the ball, I wanted to, to personally physically drop the ball. I didn't want to virtually drop it. I wanted to physically be there and, and potentially pick it back up if I could. Um, it just, it was a level of, of security that I felt going to an office. Uh, I think it was mental for me. Um, but yeah, we, we certainly had our, our, uh, challenges with the telework. We had our, you know, we did the virtual socials and we, we tried to sync up when we could, um, as a group and, and it was a, it was a give and take. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was definitely something that, that kind of, I, I think, uh, made us adjust fire for sure. Um, then, uh, you know, I, I, I have to mention the, just the day-to-day support. It, it seems like just, there's always something going on here in DC. I mean, it, it, for lack of a better word, it, it seems to be the epicenter at times. 
And, and I think right off the bat, I mean, we had the CSAF transition from General Golfing to General Brown here. Um, civil unrest, it just seemed like that was an ongoing thing. Uh, the inauguration and all the support that went along with that. Um, you know, it, it was just, if I think about it, it's just so easy to get uh, rattled or overwhelmed when you think about um, the nature of what we're doing. And, right. you know, the Pentagon's here. It's, it, it's such a high-vis uh thing that, 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 that we're trying to accomplish. And, and again, when you throw in historic first time ever in DOD, um, it, it, it can get very overwhelming very quickly. Um, so we constantly had to just say, you know what, let's just focus on this mission and and do the best we can. Uh, and I think we'll be okay. Um, so that was, you know, those, those were some of the things that, you know, kind of went through our minds. I think with, with regards to, to execution and, 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 contracts themselves and transitioning, you know, that, that kind of took on a a few different iterations itself. Um, And that was, I would say mostly, or by and large to to factors beyond our control, you know, the cons is, you know, we were, we were constantly in reactive mode. I think the initial thought was, you know, we're, you know, we're going to get here and, and transition as many of these service contracts as quickly as we can. That way we're not, you know, we're not, you know, kind of, um, asking the Navy to constantly, you know, kind of help us out or to mm-hmm. administrative support or whatever. Um, we, we were under the impression that, that, you know, there was, you know, some of our mission partners had these on the shelf, ready to go packages. And, and it didn't qu- really uh, play out that way. I think uh, some of what we had that we thought was, was ready to go might've been ready for the previous mission, but for this current mission, there was some, some tweaking and fine tuning, Again, just some of the bandwidth uh, with folks not not being able to to, to PCS or to, to bring folks on in a timely manner. Um, even the hiring. I mean, as 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 this this uh, the less the listeners here and, and the contracting community knows, um, 1102s are it's just hard to bring them on, and and you put that in you know apply that to the NCR and 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 then our mission. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's an uphill battle. Um, but again, I, I think uh, the COVID kind of slowed us down a little bit. We had to just fire the Navy itself, the, the NAVFAC uh, leadership changes uh, with their acquisition uh, uh, leadership and, and directors. You know, the, I think there was three different, I think we're on number three now. Uh, the, the first uh, individual that, that we kind of worked with on the planning side of it, he was okay with, with Air Force uh, uh, COs uh, administering some of the Navy contracts. Uh, the ones that we brought over from Public Works, uh, we brought over four individuals with Navy warrants. So, you know, our plan was just to have them continue to administer. Um, mm-hmm. and, he, and he was fine with that. The, uh, the second individual, it was the direction he was given to say, no, we, we're not okay with that. The Navy is going gonna, is gonna to not be okay with that. So, um, you know, he allowed the Air Force a grace period. He allowed us to you know, here's, here's a window where you can, you know, try to close out and do what you can, but, but we're going to turn those warrants off. So, you know, we try to transition some of these service contracts into con it, uh, but then we ran into pay and admin issues and, and we had to kind of, you know, we took a few steps forward then had to take a few steps back. And, uh, you know, this, this latest, the Navy, um, you know, they kind of gave us a, Hey, at FOC, we're, we're, we're turning off support to you guys. Um, and, and I, I think, I think we're actually okay with that. You know, I, again, we're on the receiving end. I think if we really, you know, push back um, and got the higher ups involved, we could probably, 
you know, um, influence that. But, but I, I think, it, I think it kind of needs to happen that way. We just need to divest from, from their support. Um, and I think we will, I think we've got a few hanging out there that will transition and we should be fine. Um, <clears throat> so, but it, it's been so issues. I, 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 when I think back to where we started, I mean, it is, it's kind of surreal to think, you know, I got here, um, base housing wasn't ready for me. My unit wasn't, wasn't ready. We didn't have anywhere. We didn't have an office. Um, I'm taking calls at the hotel parking lot in my car while my, my kids are up asleep in the, in the hotel room. And, you know, I've got a little pad that I'm, I'm taking notes on my knee to, to where we're at now, to where we've got, you know, our offices and, and processes in place. And, and, and I think by and large, the cons is, you know, we're, we're ready to go. Um, you know, we're, we're excited to get to FOC for sure. That's great. So what did you learn from this experience? What will you take with you to future assignments? Yeah, no, this, this experience has been, uh, invaluable. Um, you know, I, I've learned so much. I think first off, there's a few things, but first off, uh, just like any other commander, first time commander, just the usual stuff, uh, mission success, it, it really is tied to, to the leadership and, and, and your peers and, and, and then the subordinates in your unit. Um, and, and, and all three have to be supported in order to have success. Um, I think the leadership and, and the peer relationships, it's, 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 you know, in some cases, personality driven, it's a give and take. Um, and I think it, 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 it's really for, for me as an individual, it's, it's up to me to, to be able to assess uh, the environment. Um, there is a standard, I think, the expectation for, for a commander, you know, carry yourself in a certain way. Um, and I think throughout our careers as officers, we, we're kind of uh, trained up to that, to where when we get to that point, we're ready to go. Um, but, but I think, uh, you know, the subordinates, you know, that's, man, I, it's up to me to, to, uh, to be responsible and, and to take care of my folks. I, I, I can't let them get burnt out. I have to provide that top cover. So for me, it, it was, um, it, it was an adjustment. You know, I, I think, uh, throughout my career, I've, I've always been, you know, Hey, you're responsible for yourself as an individual. Uh, and a few opportunities I've had to kind of taste of it, but, um, when, when you are no kidding, the, the commander, um, there, there's a sacrifice that comes along with that, you know, your needs and, and, you know, whatever, whatever your, um, you know, kind of objectives to, you know, career-wise or, or, or whatever it's, it kind of takes a backseat to your people. It has to. Um, so I, I have to put my needs aside and, and make sure that, you know, I, my folks are not getting burnt out. My folks are not, you know, unfairly being, you know, targeted, um, you know, when things go south, because that's, I think as contracting knows, I mean, when things go south, process and then to look at contracting. Right. So I, you know, I had to provide that top cover. Um, that was, that was very important to me. Um, but also, you know, just make sure that they had the opportunities, you know, this is a big deal. Um, I had to, you know, we had to bring the right folks to the mission, but then we had to empower them and, and, and allow them that opportunity to showcase their talents uh, you know, give them the responsibilities and, and reward them with, with uh, recognition or, or whatever, whatever would be the motivator. Cause it, it, it varies for, for, for person to person. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> that was, that was fun. I, I think, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to have an opportunity at some point in my career to, to be that person again, 
looking forward, I, I think, you know, for anybody, um, when, when in, in your, in your day to day or in your, you know, whatever task is ahead of you, um, stay focused, run the race that's set before you, you know, I, I'll certainly hold on to that. The distraction, the, excuse me, the distractions are going to come and there's, there's nothing you can do about that. Situations will arise that, you know, they, they create an, an, an uncomfortable, uneasy feeling and, and they may keep you up at night. I, I know I've had my nights of, of uh, lost sleep for sure. Um, but it, it, it really is, is uh, it's important to know the resources, know my resources, use my resources, and then, and then have confidence. Um, you know, I, I was selected, um, leadership trusted that, that I could do this and, and, and I have to be confident enough to, to execute to make the decisions and then, and then to go with that. Um, again, knowing my resources, you know, my team will tell you, I will, I will constantly reference and say, Hey, you know, here's what's ahead of us. What are your thoughts? And, you know, sometimes, you know, I may not have the answer. They may have it. Um, and that's okay. You know, it's, you know, how best do we address whatever's in front of us? So it's, um, you know, I, I think there's a few, uh, Lessons learned. I think, uh, again, first time commander, I think just, it's not, you know, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I think I, I kind of started off just ready to go. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, uh, the eagerness maybe, um, from, from my side, you know, I, I think some of the other folks were like, you know, just not months to, to, to get ready to be part of it. And they show up and they're, they're, they just weren't quite there. And I had to understand that. Um, and they had to, they had to learn to trust me. I think we all had to learn to trust each other. Um, you know, I, I, I think until they saw that this contracting team, yeah, we're, we're a brand new squadron, but, um, it doesn't mean these, these, uh, COs and, and, and contract specialists are, are brand new. We all know what we're doing. So once they saw us execute and perform, I think, uh, I think they were more willing to, to say, yeah, the cons, they, they got this. And, you know, good things started to happen. So, um, so it was awesome. It was good. Yeah. Well, Major Ardondo, I want to thank you for sharing your story and your experience in setting up and leading the 11 cons unit with the workforce. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a wonderful journey. Um, we've got, I've got one more year of command, so I am, I am hoping for some, some kind of normalcy and, and I'll be okay with not being the, the shiny new penny that everyone's looking at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but we'll be ready for whatever comes. So it's it's been a, an, an exciting journey and and I'm just happy to be happy to have been a part of it. Absolutely. Thank you. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at the contracting experience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the contracting experience podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.